What's up everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office. You may hear a hum whine in the background. That is a fan uh, because it is a beautiful day here in Satan's armpit. Uh, it is toasty. Uh, we've been enjoying 90s all last week and more 90s and 100s this week. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's typical Central Oregon. I love it. It's nice. Um, you know, it's not the southern, you know, Arizona uh, melt your face off hot. And it's not the, you know, east eastern hot where the humidity makes you regret being alive. So, uh, yeah, Central Oregon has a pretty nice summer. So, anyways, uh, just ignore the hum if you hear it. Uh, it's just the fan circulating some air so anyway thank you everybody for listening i appreciate the all of it i know i say it every time but i really do appreciate all of the p nice words and the shares and the patreon support uh i've seen some of you guys drop off which is totally fine i know uh i know how it is right now uh things are getting a little snug with the you know six dollar gas and uh, everything going up at the grocery store and all that stuff we've seen a drop off in the part sales as well so i mean it, you know it's to be expected um for most people these are hobby cars and when things get tight it's the first thing that gets cut back on so i you know don't hold it against anybody for for any of it because i know how it goes um you know, it's just, it's what it is, but I appreciate you guys that are hanging on. I appreciate everyone that's listening, all the support, all that stuff. You guys are great. I uh, just happy to be here. So thankful that I get to do this and this is my job, you know? Uh, so yeah, anyway, enough butt kissing. Uh, today's episode or whatever you want to call this where I yelled a microphone is going to be about wheel bearings, bearings in general. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, they're so simple. It's such an easy maintenance thing, but yet so many people seem to be scared by them and, or don't understand the, the function of it. So we're going to kind of talk about bearings, a little bit about seals, and some different style of axle ends. Um, you know, there, I've done some previous podcasts about axle styles, uh, but uh, this one we'll touch on it a little bit, just maybe not as in-depth as those other podcasts. But the uh, first thing that we'll talk about is probably the most important, you know, the Scout 2s and the Half Ton uh, pickups and travel walls. Their rear ends are what's called a semi-float axle. So there's one bearing, one big bearing that supports the weight of the truck and also supports the axle shaft's rotation. So it's getting asked a lot to you know carry the weight of the truck and to have, deal with the spinning of the axle. So 
Um, a lot of times on those setups, they are greased once, maybe twice, and then they are forgot about forever. And most of them on the early Dana 44s up until like 76, I think, there was an additional seal in the axle tube so that gear oil could not get to the bearing. And so the only lubrication that that bearing ever saw was the initial greasing. And maybe, you know, if you pull the axle out to do gear work or something happens in the brakes, you know, and the axle shaft comes out, sometimes people would splash a little bit more grease on it and, uh, and put it back in. But for the most part, they were really neglected. And so the result of neglect is eventually failure, duh, and the axle comes out. And we've all seen those pictures. Uh, most of us have seen those pictures on the internet of the scout that it went, you know, 60 mile an hour down the freeway dragging on the backing plate. Uh, we actually sell a fair amount of Dana 44 backing plates because of that thing. You know, the axle comes out, the drum, all that stuff comes flying out. And then they just drag on the backing plate and then the shoes fall off and it's it's a mess. Uh, so, you know, there's guys making heavy-duty bearing retainer plates that are supposed to keep that from happening. But the, uh, you know, I consider that a Band-Aid for the actual thing, which is preventing bearing failure. International put out a technical service bulletin, a TSB, in the 70s saying that it was okay to remove that inner seal so that gear oil could make it to the bearing. And once that happened, then your chances of failure went down quite a bit. Now, if the gear oil and the axle gets low, it still won't make it to the bearing and you're just as, you know, effed as you were before. But, uh, you know, if you keep up on your gear oil level, uh, the oil will get down there. I will tell you, if you do go that route and pull your inner axle seal uh, to try and, and, you know, get gear oil down there, you're going to have to clean the axle tubes out because they are gross. When they have 40 years of, of just junk buildup in there, you do not want that washing down to the bearings because it will. Once you pull that seal, all that crud in the axle tube will make its way to the bearing. So it's a big job. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right. So that means you got to pull the diff, pull the differential out. You don't have to pull the pinion, but you got to pull the bearing caps and pop that carrier out and the ring gear out so that you can see straight down through both tubes, straight out, one out, one end out the other. And then you got to get a stick or a broom handle or something scrubby, wire brush, and you got to just clean those tubes out. Otherwise you will flush all that gunk down on, into the fresh bearings, but it's worth it. Uh, it's a great upgrade. It's going to make those bearings last longer. Um, you know, make sure your outer axle seal is in good shape. Usually those get pressed on when you press on bearings. So, um, you know, it's important to, uh, do all that stuff, but it's a, it's kind of one of those, you do it once and then you don't have to worry about it again for another 40 or 50 years. 
if you keep the oil and the differential up or you know change it semi-regularly if you're doing a lot of water crossings four wheeling hard a lot of mud you're going to want to check that stuff more often um one thing i'm not sure about in the early days like the dana 27s and in the early 44s they actually had a grease zerk on the tube so you could pump grease into that cavity where the bearing is and and you know do it as maintenance but they did away with that sometime in the in the mid 60s i think and i don't know if it's because your people over greased it and then grease would push out into the into the uh, brake backing plate and then you know once you get grease on your brakes then that's no good either so i'm not sure what they um what their reasoning was for doing away with that but i i could see that being a potential problem but anyways um yeah so so on the half ton stuff the scout stuff that's i would highly recommend doing that uh, you know, get those bearings in the gear oil that seems to really help them survive uh and you know and i think it might even help with the fuel economy a little bit because they're constantly lubricated uh, i know dry bearings can get hot and then create friction and um you know they don't uh, roll as nice as as you know well lubricated uh bearings so there's another thing that you know again that's just a a theory that i have it's not proven i know a dry bearing will spin you know you put it on your hand and you hit it with air and it'll spin and spin and spin but under the weight of a truck at highway speed i'm not sure if the heat would actually slow it down uh you know i i don't have a scientific lab here to check that out but i'd like to believe that a a lightly oiled bearing would would last longer under a load but you know, the other downside to that single bearing is if you're towing, you're putting even more stress on it. Um, so that's why the full float rear end was, you know, is the next best upgrade. That has two bearings in it. Its sole job is to carry the weight of the truck. The uh, axle shaft, you know, bolts to the end of the hub and then it rides, you know, rides on the wheel hub. So there's, you know, two bearings carrying the weight and it spreads the load out and then if you ever had an axle problem axle shaft or gear failure or something in the rear end you pull the shafts out and the truck will still roll so then you can you know get home in front wheel drive if you have a four-wheel drive rig um so yeah um stuff like that but uh you know we'll move the, the thing about the rear full float is it gets oil from the differential also. Uh, so that's, you know, that's good. The thing about it is uh, when you go through those bearings on a fresh rebuild, you got to pack them with grease. I know they get oil from the diff, but it takes a little while for the oil to get down there. So we end up doing a full pack on those bearings um, because it's cheap insurance. I know several people that put bearings in dry or whatever they came with lubed from the factory and then burn them up because the oil didn't make it down there in time. Uh, it doesn't take very long to burn up bearings when they're dry. So yeah, always when you're doing full float axles, you pack them first. Don't overdo it. Uh, I've, you know, don't use an entire tub of grease in your wheel end because that's just as bad. Grease holds heat. <laughs> 
and can create problems as well. So you got to find that happy medium between a well-packed bearing with good grease and and too much. You know, you definitely don't want to go too much. But you know, full float is definitely the way to go. That's why all the three-quarter tons and heavier they all use that that system. Even Warren used to sell a conversion to make your Dana 44 into a full float. Uh, you know, it's just a stronger setup. I've made several, I shouldn't say several, I made a couple uh, homemade full float kits out of, uh, out of stuff here. And, you know, the most expensive part is having axle shafts made. But other than that, you know, it's cheap insurance, peace of mind. It rolls good. I, I like it. And it throws people off when they see your scout with a full float half ton rear end. They're like, what the hell? So anyway, uh, front bearings, we're going to move up to the front. Uh, all the fronts have two tapered roller bearings in the wheel hub. They, you know, inner and an outer, usually one is slightly different size than the other. So you can't mix them up. I think the early eighties had the same size bearing inner and outer. So you could swap them around, but, uh, but later they ended up going with different sized, you know, larger inner and smaller outer. And so, um, again, because those aren't greased through any outside means like the rear end, which take, which gets gear oil down there, the front wheel bearings are solely dependent on the grease that you put in there. So it's important that they are well greased that the wheel seal is in good shape. Uh, I, we pretty much replace a wheel seal every time we do bearings, just again, cheap insurance. Um, you know, pack them good, high quality grease. We use red tacky, you know, I think it's Valvoline brand grease. Um, crimson, I think they call it. It's good for us. It's middle of the road. You know, I'm sure someone will tell me that there's something better, you know, and I'm sure there is, but, uh, for the, you know, hundreds of pounds of grease we go through a year here. It's it's good middle of the road grease. Uh, so that's what I recommend. The important thing is that the bearings they can't be too tight. I've seen a lot of guys put that inner nut and they'll just tighten it down. You know, thinking that the you know, the nut's going to come loose or something. And that's not the case because if you notice when you took your hub apart, there's an outer nut and then there's a lock washer that goes in between the inner nut and the outer nut. And that's what keeps everything from turning. So you normally, when we set up the front ends, you know, on a, on a four wheel drive application, we we don't even really torque them. I think I go to like 30 foot pounds, maybe. And then I spin the hub and then I usually back it off just a little bit. You don't want any end play. You know, you don't want to be able to grab the wheel studs. You know, if you grab the wheel studs and pull towards you and like push back towards the truck and pull towards you, you don't want the hub to, you know, clunk back and forth. That, that means the bearing's too loose. But you want that you want that bearing and that nut to be right at that spot where it doesn't clunk in and out, but it's not tight. 
So it's I usually will go like a quarter turn and then pull the hub and then quarter turn and pull the hub until the clunk goes away and it spins free. And then you put your, your lock washer on and then you put the outer nut on. And normally we torque that outer nut pretty high. I think I have to check the book again, but I want to say it's like 80 or 90 foot pounds on that outer nut. Don't quote me on that. I don't have the book in front of me, but I just know that we go tight on that outer nut. And then that lock washer either has a tab that you fold over, which keeps the nut from unscrewing, or it's a oversized washer that you bend down a piece of to, to cover that nut so it doesn't unscrew. Uh, the one confusing part is on the, some of the Scout 2s with the Lock-O-Matics or Automatic Hubs. Their outer nut is round and uses um, like uh, set screws. And it always throws people off that, you know, they take the locking hub off and there's this round nut with all these holes in it. And so you, uh, yeah, you got to you got to uh, loosen up those set screws and then I use a little punch and turn the nut out that way and then you can um, you know unscrew it with your fingers and then get to the inner one which is normally is still a traditional hex nut um, the other thing that's become commonplace in the Dana 44 front ends if you have a Scout 2 or a D series is the four slot um, spindle nut i think it's a ford thing but everyone just kind of adopted it there's a special socket to undo that um, you can use a screwdriver or a chisel and uh, and tap it out that way um, we use the socket just so that we can torque it correctly but uh, it, that's a fine upgrade as well if you want to get rid of the giant hex nuts you can run those uh, for four slot dana 44 hub nuts as well and then they use a special washer. It's got a bunch of holes in it. And there's a pin on one of the nuts. So you have to pay attention. The nut that has the pin, it goes on first with the pin facing out at you. And then you tighten it up like I described earlier. And you fit that flat washer. And the, and the pin goes into a hole in that washer. And so you have to adjust that inner nut until the pin settles into the washer. And then the outer nut goes on and you torque it on to the the torque and then it holds everything together that way uh so yeah it kind of sucks you have to have a special socket uh if you want to do it right but at the same time it sure is easy to undo with a with a chisel or a hammer and a screwdriver in the uh in the event of an emergency so um but yeah it's real important on those wheel bearings that you don't over torque them that you make sure that they are well lubed, make sure that wheel seal's in good shape. The early scouts, the closed knuckle 27s and 30s, the knuckle is filled with a greasy, oily substance that uh, should not make its way into the wheel hub. It it's, should stay, you know, it's a little tiny bit might make it down the axle shaft, but it's not like a, a full float rear where it's just swimming in gear oil. Um, so, so it's important that your you know wheel, um, your spindle bearing is in good shape so that there's you know 
tight tolerance there and so the grease and oil can't make it down that axle shaft stub but uh but yeah it's just important uh like i said we do wheel seals every time we take something apart just because you just don't know you don't want it to come apart later you're going to get wheeled you know if you are wheel hitting the the you know water crossings and shit like that you got to do them really regularly like I mean, I had a customer that he, one hunting season, like two months worth of use with, you know, creek crossings and mud and snow and all that stuff had completely wrecked uh, a front wheel bearing. And, uh, you know, and it was new. We had just serviced it. New seal, new bearings, grease, all that stuff before hunting season. We wanted to prep it, you know. So he ended up going all the way to montana or wyoming doing his hunts and coming back and when he made it back to to uh seattle um he's complaining about one of the wheels feeling kind of loose and was really hot and sure enough that hub had filled up with oil and or with uh water and mud and had wrecked that bearing even though there was plenty of grease and stuff in there it just you if you're gonna do that stuff regularly it requires a lot of maintenance so keep that in mind. Um, you know, that is one reason why um, the closed knuckle stuff seems to be a little more durable in those conditions because it's a lot harder to get water and moisture into the hub and into the bearings. Because on an open knuckle, it can sneak in down the axle shaft, uh, down the inside of the spindle you know, not as easily, but it still can get down there, especially if it's submerged for a while. So uh, keep that in mind, you know, making sure that you do regular maintenance. And again, you set those bearings up right. It's going to help with your economy going down the road because they're not dragging. You know, they're going to roll easy. If you got to, if you set your bearings up right and you still have some sort of drag, then you got to look at either what your brakes are doing or if your locking hub is hanging up on the axle shaft, uh, I've seen that before. Little things like that. You've got to just make sure that, uh, you know, for economy's sake, that that's all good. Um, for the two-wheel drive stuff, they use tiny bearings. I, it's, it boggles my mind what is passable for wheel bearings on a two-wheel drive. Even a three-quarter ton. They use these tiny little bearings and it's it just blows my mind but again same principle um you lots of grease i mean not too much grease but plenty of grease making sure your washers are in the right order making sure stuff's not too too torqued good wheel seal and um you know it's all the same principles so that's uh you know that's what i've found over the years is i've seen them if they get too tight they bind up and then they wreck your wheel hub or they'll spin the the outer the cone in the uh i guess is it the cone or the cup the cup i don't remember the terminology i'm i don't pay attention but uh the outer part of the race that's in the that's in the hub that that'll spin in the wheel hub and then it wrecks the wheel hub so that's another important thing to pay attention to is that you don't over tighten things and then ruin the wheel hub because some of these wheel hubs are non-existent anymore your you know eight lug uh disc brake uh three-quarter ton front ends 
that like that stuff doesn't exist. So you don't want to ruin it. Uh, I've learned that the hard way. But anyway, hopefully that was informative. I know it's a little bit short today, um, but yeah, covered a lot of ground. I probably skipped over a bunch of stuff. Um, for new guys, I'm sure I said some things that made no sense. I'm sorry. If you've got any message, questions, just message me. Hit me on the socials, and I will do my best to take care of you. Uh, but anyways, thank you for listening. I appreciate you very much. Uh, I love you all, and I am Dan from Binder Boneyard. Yard.